Hello everybody, I'm Jason Trader and I'm the Prince of Wessex and this is the Art of Being the Podcast. Today we are going to discuss the Passover. So it is going to be Passover. Um, we're going to have our, our Seder dinner tonight. Um, and I just wanted to come on and just do a quick uh, shout out to the people and discuss the I want to show you the biblical importance of this Passover day and and show you what you're really tying yourself to when you don't celebrate this day. Uh, it is a day that occurs all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible. And we know that Yahshua practiced Passover. That's uh, Jesus. For those of you who don't know, we know that the disciples, that they practiced Passover. We know that Paul told the early church that they should practice Passover. One of the major themes of the Bible is the Passover lamb that is to be slain that protects us from the angel of death that is coming to destroy Egypt and destroy the firstborns and to lay the vengeance of Almighty God upon the people that do not do as he has commanded. We see that, you, you, you see the, the, the book of Pass, the, the Passover, right? We, we know the basics of the story, right? Like Moses goes to Pharaoh, Pharaoh has a hard heart, there's a bunch of plagues, right? And then the last plague, the last one to take for uh, to take place, is the death of the firstborn. But, O oh Yahuwah, my Elohim, He said, "This plague, I'm going to show you a way out. I'm going to show you how to be saved." And we love to talk about the importance of being saved. You know, quote unquote, saved, right? We love that in the Western church. We love, you got to get people saved. Are you saved? And yet we have this day that Yahuwah, my Elohim, put forth that says, here is how to be saved. But instead we got colorful eggs hiding all throughout the church parking lot, right? We hid eggs in the foyers, in the sanctuaries, we, we, we have pastel colored suits and baskets with flowers. And we search for these eggs in public parks with giant bunnies shaking hands and taking photos. What Bible verse is that? You know, and I know people... Hold on, hold on. Before, before I get into that, let's, let's take a look at where the Passover appears in the Bible. And this is just a very small amount of uh, places that this word occurs. But if you don't look at just the word itself and you look at the theme, you'll be able to find Passover way more in the Bible than what I'm about to mention. But let's go over a couple verses just to name a few. So you 
Passover appears in Exodus 12 and 27. Passover appears in Leviticus 23 and 5. Passover appears in Numbers 9 and 10. It appears in Deuteronomy 16 and 1. It appears in Joshua 5 and 10. It appears in 2 Kings 23 and 21. It appears in 2 Chronicles 30 and 1. It appears in Ezra 6 and 19. It appears in Ezekiel 45 and 21. And I know that that is not the end of the Old Testament, as you like to call it, it also continues into Matthew 26 and 18, right up into the New Testament, Mark 14 and 14, Luke 22, 7 through 8. You have John 18 and 28, 1 Corinthians 5 and 17. This is, this is the verse right there that you should pay attention to because this is the verse that Paul tells us to continue to celebrate the Passover. It also appears in Hebrews 11 and 28. Let's look specifically Hebrews eleven twenty eight. What's it say? Keep the Passover right there in the sentence. Right there. That they kept it, it's saying, and why they kept it, and what it means, because it was a symbol. And we we like to say, Oh, I'm not under the law. That's what we like to say in the Western Church. I'm not under the law. We don't have to keep that because that is ceremonial, we'll say. That's just ceremonial. And I don't have to keep those things. Yet you gotta Easter hat that you wear every year. That praise team got an Easter dance. Where are those traditions? What Bible verse does it say get a basket and eggs? What Bible verse has a bunny in it? And then these churches, some of them started to catch on a little bit, but they still wanted to do it their own way. They see, so they said, we won't call it Easter because Easter is representative of Ishtar, which is a pagan god and all the things that we like to do during our Easter celebration is fertility worship. The, the early Roman church blended this paganism into our religion, and it became a tradition that we begin to follow. But what Bible verse tells you to celebrate Easter? Now I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say, well, he rose on Sunday. He died on Friday, wrote, we do Good Friday service, and he rose on Sunday. You can find those verses. They're in the gospel, brother. Look in the gospel. But where does it say celebrate Good Friday, celebrate Easter on Sunday? What Bible verse is that? It's not there. You can't find it. But I can find a historical document that tells me to celebrate Easter on Sunday, and that is the Council of Nicaea. Go on, look it up. The Council of Nicaea that was held by the Roman Church at the time decreed that Easter was to happen on Sunday. And the reason they did this is because they didn't want to be connected to Hebrew Passover. They wanted to distance themselves from another religion and separate themselves and be their own thing. Let me tell you, do you want to be your own thing? Do you want to be your own thing just like the Romans did? Or do you want to be a part of the children of Israel? Do you want to be a part of the Most High? Do you want to serve the lamb that was slain and have the blood of the Passover lamb sprinkled on you and protect you from death or do you want to serve Roman traditions? And I know what you want. You want to do it the way you want to do it. You have fond memories of going to church and, 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 and when your son got to read something on Easter service, boy, oh boy, did grandma take out that cell phone, didn't she? She had that church hat on too. That Easter one, that real special one that she kept in a box all year. And she takes that photo. Ooh, look at my grandbaby. Post it all over face, 
Facebook and all over that social media, right? Proud as can be that her baby is adhering to Roman tradition. Because the Romans are the ones that told us Easter's supposed to be on Sunday. They wanted it to be on a day so that it could never, ever, ever land on the Passover. So that they, they wanted to make it impossible for Easter celebration and Passover to happen on the same day. You have to look this up. They specifically sought out to separate themselves from the people of God when God tells us that we're grafted in. We are supposed to be a part of that. But we separate ourselves all the time. You like to say that you're not under the law and you don't have to follow the traditions of the Jews or whatever the heck you want to call it. All the misnomers that, that exist in your speech and exist in your mind that you want to call it the traditions of the Jews or whatever the heck it is. You don't want to follow those, but, but yet when Christmas come around, we light Advent candles, you know? We light those candles, right? Yeah, what, where, what Bible verse is that? And then Easter come along. We like to wear pastel covered suit. Where's the pastel in the Bible? Where does it say that that is the special day? And that, and that thou shalt have praise dance and special song and special videos. And thou shalt spend more of the church fund than normal because thou shalt know that people come to church on Easter when they wouldn't normally. And thou shalt preach the gospel to the people on that day. That's not in the Bible. But as all the verses that I just read, I just read a ton of them. And like I said, this doesn't, that doesn't even scratch the surface of how many times Passover. What I was trying to do there is just show you how many books of the Bible actually just talk about Passover. And you can see that there's quite a few. And like I said, you could get even more deep into it when you start looking at allegories. Look at the book of Revelation. Revelations 13 and 8 and says, And all that dwelt upon the earth shall worship him. Whose names are written in the book of life? Are you written in the book of life? Of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Right there. Slain from the foundation of the world. We have a holiday that helps us to celebrate the lamb slain with symbolism and all kinds of stuff to remind us of what our Messiah did for us. How he did it for us. To bring us closer to the word of God. You might read maybe Exodus, if that. I mean, I, I grew up in the Western church. I don't ever remember opening the Old Testament uh, on Easter Sunday. All you do is you go to Good Friday service, which is an extra service. You dress nicer than normal, right? And you go to the Good Friday service and you praise and you read about Yahshua and you read about the, him praying in the garden. You read about his resurrection. That's what you do on Easter. That's what you do. And you and you discuss the resurrection of, of this man. But you don't talk about the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. Before the Torah was given on the mountain. After the Torah was given on the mountain. During the millennial reign. All the lamb that was slain has been slain through all past, present, and future time. And that is who we should be focusing on on Easter. But you see, the Catholic Church didn't want you to focus on that. The, the Romanized people didn't want you to focus on the Hebrewness of it. What tradition in the Bible tells you to read New Testament scriptures on Good Friday and on Easter Sunday? And oh, by the way, if you look at the Hebrew days, that's not even enough days to make three to get to a resurrection. When you look at how days work in the Hebrew mindset, it don't even add up right. And it's a fact. That's a fact. That's not conjecture. That is a fact. 
Now, some would say he was born on, or born, sorry. Some would say that he died on Wednesday. Some say he died on Thursday. And that we can debate. But we know for a fact it wasn't on Friday. Yet Good Friday is celebrated all through this Western church. All through our country of the United States of America, we celebrate Good Friday even though we know it's not a fact. It's because we want to submit to the Council of Nicaea and give way to the authority of the Catholic Pope. You traded what Passover was, which the early church did. Paul in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, as I mentioned, tells the believers of Corinth that they should continue to celebrate the Passover, but not with the old leaven because leaven represents sin. So he was saying, don't sin, don't keep leaven in your life, because Passover, you remove leaven from your home. For one week, you don't eat leaven, because you are to focus on removing sin from your life. So when Paul says, purge the leaven out from you, he's not talking that we may be of new lump. Everyone says, oh, see, it's new. No, we are new because we purge leaven and sin from our life. That's the Hebrew term. That is what Paul meant. He was telling us not that this is a new thing, but that, that we should remove sin and leaven from our lives. And how do we know to remove sin and leaven from our lives? For even Christ, our Passover lamb, is a sacrifice for us. It's right there in Corinthians. Paul tells us you have to celebrate the Passover so that you remember to remove leaven and sin from your life. But we don't want to do it. We want to worship the way we want to worship. We want to worship on a day that we know is not factually accurate. Ain't nobody did nothing on no Friday. That's What's Good Friday? What Bible verse is that? Man, you guys, you don't realize that what you're doing is a tradition. Yet you like to say all the time, I don't fall under these traditions. I don't fall under the traditions of the Jews. I don't fall under the law. And you don't do it because you feel like you're not under it, yet you submit to a tradition every time you do Easter. And you can change the name to Resurrection Sunday because you want to get away from Ishtar all you want. Oh, we call it Resurrection because we realize. But it's still enforced on a day that was mandated by the Catholic Church in Rome that linked itself to paganism. And we say that we don't have to submit. So you would rather submit to traditions of your country, of the Western church, than submit to a tradition that is actually written in the Bible that Paul said is important? Yahshua said, I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. That's what he says. Mark 14, 14. Go ahead and look it up. He wanted to eat the Passover because he knew it was important, because he knew what it represented. And he teaches the disciples in that moment, this is me, this is my cup. This is my bread. This is my blood. We love to, to, to take the elements on first Sunday. Catholics like to do it every day or every, every uh, worship service. They, they do their Eucharist, right? And we love to do uh, communion, but it's not communion. When he says, do this as often as you meet, he's saying, do this as often as you celebrate Passover. He didn't say, every time you get together, I want you guys to have bread and, and eat bread and remember that it's me. Uh, and I want you to have wine and have it. And, and this wine represents me or grape juice or whatever your church chose. He wasn't talking about every single time you meet. What he's saying is every time you do this Seder dinner that transpires during the Passover week, this bread is me. And oh, what bread is that? It's the afikomen that is broken and hid for three days symbolically within, within the, the Seder dinner hid for three days. This bread is me. 
I am going to be broken and I'm going to die and I'm going to go away for three days. And then you find it and you bring it back. And then he said, this is my blood. It wasn't literal blood. It, it, it turned out to be when he was actually killed and his blood was actually spilled, right? But in the moment, he was saying that this toast, you're doing because you do toasts. You do toasts during the Seder dinner. You do these toasts to the Lord. He's saying this toast, this redemption, this cup of redemption, that's me. I'm the cup of redemption. Every time you do communion in your church, you're actually giving heed to Passover. Because that's what was happening in that moment. But we've become so twisted that we think it's a first of the month thing. That we think it's every time we meet, like the Catholics with their youth Eucharist, or some people just do it all every service, right? You, we think that this communion is this beautiful, blessed thing. That's, that's a Catholicism. That's a Romanism. The truth about the bread and the cup is that it was a Passover bread and a Passover cup. But we don't have to do that. We would rather submit to the traditions of men and show up in our pastel suits. I'm not under traditions. The heck you are because you're worshiping on Sunday with your church hat on, your church shoes, and this day is special to you. So you are highlighting and making special a day that was made special through people who align themselves with paganism and incorporated pagan traditions into it. You can get rid of the eggs. You can get rid of the bunny. But because you're doing it on First Friday, you're doing... Uh, a worship on Sunday, you're submitting to the paganism that has infiltrated the church. And you would rather submit to that than to say, hmm, the Bible has Passover all throughout it. The book of Revelations talks up and down and left and right about the lamb that was slain. The theme of the book of Revelations is that there was a lamb slain so that when death comes to this world, so that when tribulation comes to the world, so when the time of Jacob's trouble is upon you, if you are covered by the blood of the lamb that was slain, you are protected. The book of Revelations is just nothing more than to tell us and remind us about the Passover lamb, remind us about the Yom Kippur sacrifice for our sins. They are pointing to the Moedim and and the importance of keeping them is so that we stay within God's grace and stay and remember what he did. He wants us to remember. If Yeshua thought doing Passover was important, then so should we. I don't need Paul in this argument, although people like to use Paul to as an excuse not to follow it. Right? And we see these kings in the book of Kings when I quoted Kings and Chronicles and stuff. And, and they were looked at as, as good in God's eyes because they found the book of the law. And they looked and saw, oh my gosh, this is Passover thing. I forgot. We're not doing it. And they had the nation of Israel celebrate the Passover. And God said, that's good. That's a good king. Yet, yet we say we don't have to do that. But in God's eyes, the man who did it, the man who returned his nation to Passover was looked at as a good man. No, 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 no. We're not under that tradition. We don't have to do that. I mean, everybody else in the Bible does, but not us. We don't have to do that. And, and every time you show up on a Sunday, you're submitting to the, the authority of the Council of Nicaea. And I'm not going to submit to the authority or the traditions of man. Now, the Bible tells me this is who the lamb that was slain. It is Yeshua, Hamashiach, the Mashiach has come and has died and his blood is covered on me and I get a holiday. And everyone says, oh, but we don't have to celebrate those holidays. Paul says that they're, they're just a shadow. They're just a shadow. Well, my holiday, correct, is just a shadow of, of Yahshua. It's a shadow of Jesus Christ. Absolutely correct. It's, it's, in the, it's in the book. Paul said it. 
It's in the book. It's true. It is a shadow. But your holiday is a shadow of Roman paganism. It is a shadow of the Council of Nicaea, where you submit to the authorities and traditions of men. All I, I bet you, all over this country, churches have a, a very similar Easter Sunday uh, services, but they're different. But they're different. You know, some, some people do a little of this, some people do a little bit of that, but you have your tradition. Do you not realize that you're saying you're not under the traditions of the Jews? You're not under the law, but yet you should submit to the law of, of whatever your particular church does? Why do you think you do the same stuff every, sun, every Easter Sunday? It's because you're creating your own traditions instead of following the tradition of God. And we're arguing over whether it's doctrine or not. It's not... A matter of whether it's doctrine or not it's a matter of we know what holidays are shadows of my holiday happens to be a shadow of Jesus Christ your holiday happens to be a shadow of paganism it happens to be a shadow of a time when a church allowed itself to be infiltrated by pagan practices call it resurrection Sunday all you want the fact that you're doing it on that day on that Sunday is still you submitting to a man-made tradition established during the Council of Nicaea. And you would rather do that because you don't want to have to submit. I, I'm not under the law, brother. I don't have to do that. Well, then why does Paul tell us to celebrate it? Why does Yeshua say, I'm going to eat the Passover with my disciples? He could have said, no, nah, we don't have to do that, guys. It's just a shadow. But he didn't. He celebrated it. Because it's important, and it's important to have a day to remember, and it's important to have a day when we remove leaven from our lives, remove sin. How come when you do communion, ain't nobody talk about removing sin from your life? Well, just pray, and let us take the bread and eat. Now we'll have a moment of prayer, you know, pianists playing quietly in the background, and then let us drink the cup together. But that's not what that cup's supposed to be. It's supposed to remind us of the redemption. It's supposed to remind us to remove the leaven from our lives. Yet none of you are going to talk about the fact that God destroyed everybody in Egypt that didn't listen to his word. Every single person that didn't do what I have told you to do. Every single person who is not protected by the blood of the lamb that was slain. If you are not protected by Yeshua, then you will be destroyed. We don't like to read that part of the Bible in our church. We just like to read New Testament stuff. We just like to read the Gospels. You don't want to get into Exodus. You don't want to get into Numbers and Deuteronomy. You don't want to get into those days. Right? That, that Joshua kept the Passover before he went to Jericho. We don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. We don't read that stuff. Why? Because a tradition that was established, you know, 1,700 years ago, somewhere around there, Right, a tradition that was established at the Council of Nicaea led us away from the Hebrewisms of our faith and led us into this other way of doing things, and we continue to submit to that. That's why we only read certain verses. That's why ain't nobody talking about, when we do communion, the true meaning of it. And breaking out the book of Exodus and saying, you will be destroyed if you do not submit yourself to the Hamashiach. If you don't submit yourself to the Mashiach, then you're going to die. God ain't playing with nobody. And it's not just, it's about 
The blood is there for you, right? If you're obedient and you listen. Everyone says, oh, I'm covered by the blood and saved by grace. I'm not bound to that kind of thing. But do you realize they were covered by the blood? Everybody in Egypt was covered by the blood that day. But you had to choose to be obedient for it to save you. You had to choose to follow and do what he said and put the blood on the doorposts. You had to choose to be obedient. You had to choose to remove sin and leaven from your life. And if you choose to be obedient to me, I'll cover you from the death to come. But we don't want to talk about obedience. We want to be under grace. I'm under grace. That's the day he died for me and put me under grace. If you don't do what the Most High commands you to do and put the blood on the doorstep, you had to take action. And if you did, you were saved. There was, there was, there was a requirement for you. Everyone likes it. I'm, I'm saved by grace and grace alone. We don't like to talk about the fact that we have a part in this. Right? We just want to say, Dear Lord, come into my heart and change my life. I believe you're the Son of God and you died and rose again. And that I believe by believing in you, my sins are forgiven. You are now saved. What if uh, the children of Israel in Egypt, what if they just, uh, well, I'm not going to put the blood on the door because that's just, that's, that's ceremonial. As long as I'm moral, I'm okay. It's just ceremonial. Don't worry about it. It's ceremonial putting the blood on the door. And they didn't put the blood on the doorstep. They ate, they met, they greeted, they cheered, they praised the Lord all night in their Easter clothes. But they didn't put the blood on the doorstep. What would have happened? The firstborn in that house, man, child, animals, would have died. And they would have met the wrath of the angel of death that was sent because they missed the part about obedience. So go ahead, worship on Easter Sunday. Break that hat out its box. That pastel-colored socks that you like to wear with your suit. That funky-colored tie that you love to put on every Easter. Oh, he wears that tie every Easter. (laughs) It's so cute. Right? Go ahead and do that all you want. But if you ain't putting the blood on your doorpost and you're not being obedient, you're not covered. And this day is supposed to remind us about removing the sin and leaven from our lives and remind us to be obedient to the commandments of the Most High. But we would rather submit ourselves to the traditions of men. We forego the traditions of God and follow the traditions of men. That's what we do. And y'all think that it's playing a game, that it's just, oh, Passover. I did the Seder dinner once. It's cute. It's really cool, right? Heck no, man. You do it every year because it was commanded to be a statute forever. That's what it says. It doesn't say do this until the Messiah dies and then you don't have to do it anymore. It says do it forever, forever, ever, 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 forever. And forever means forever. That's what it means. It means until heaven and earth pass away. Because that's when the word of God will pass away, right? It says not he- the word of God will not pass away till heaven and earth pass away. So when this earth and this universe and all this stuff is destroyed and we go into something new, maybe we get a new book. I don't know how that all works. But I do know that until that day, when everything is thrown into the lake of fire, Passover will 
be a requirement for the people because we need to be reminded to be obedient to the commandments of God and to remove anything from our lives that keeps us from those commandments. But we just want to look pretty in suits, sing our special songs, sing different songs. Hey, we want to get some real good videos up on the projector this this Sunday because, man, the church gets packed on Easter and we really want to bring them out. We really got to remind these people to be saved. But we don't care about reminding them to be obedient we don't care about that no 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 no. because you're not under the law so go ahead don't put the blood on your doorpost see what happens me and my house we're gonna put the blood on our doorpost and look i know it's it might be too late it's it's it might might have already the day might have already passed and that's okay because i had a lot of days in my life when i didn't celebrate passover my first passover is 2016 so i've only been doing it for four years so don't take my excitement and my zeal for the law to uh, as I'm better than you or I'm putting you down or I'm lording over you. I was with you. that When I went to the Seder dinner in 2016, I, I saw a new way. And I said, wait a minute. Why do we do things that don't point to the Messiah when we have this day in the Bible that appears in Exodus, it appears in Leviticus, it appears in Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Kings, Chronicles, Ezra. Is oh man, Passover appears all through the Bible. Easter don't appear. I mean, in some King James versions, it was edited in after. But when you look at what it really means, they, they never called it Easter. That 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 happened years downstream. Look up the Council of Nicaea. It says right in there, this is Easter, and this is what we're gonna do. Right. That's that's the that's when it started being called that. That's when it started being this new thing. But before that, it wasn't so. It wasn't so. Yeshua and the disciples kept the Passover. If they didn't, we never would have had that Seder dinner that you do at communion every first of every month. We would have never had that without the Passover. And every time you do communion, you never even bring up the Passover. But that's what the whole thing was about the whole time. It was every time you celebrate Passover. Remember me. Remember that I am your redemption. I am the lamb that was slain. Remember to remove sin from your life and remember to be obedient. And again, like I'm saying, so, hey, maybe it's too late. Or maybe you're hearing this today and you're like, man, Seder dinner's tonight? And you don't have the provisions you need in your home to make it happen. Just cook something. Cook any kind of meat you got. And before you cook it and you open up that, I don't know, shredded beef pack or whatever you got in your home, just dump a little bit of what, what that, that leftover blood, that leftover meat juice. Dump that into a little container. And then take a bitter herb. The bitterness of our sins. That's, that's what it is. Take a bitter herb, celery, kale, lettuce. Take it. Dip it in that, in that meat juice. And go rub that on your doorpost tonight. And then go through your house and remove anything that's got leaven in it. Man, I saw some gravy that I had. I said, I didn't know gravy had leaven in it, but I had some gravy that I had to throw out because I saw it had leaven in it. And every time you grab something with leaven, a, a, a loaf of bread, whatever, your, your Cheez-Its, whatever it is you got in your home, your, your, your leaven, your yeast, just look it up and just remove it from your house. Throw it all away. Go give it, go give it to the homeless. Go take it to a shelter. Take it to the local schools because a lot of local schools during this virus are doing uh, free meals. Maybe they could use some extra stuff. 
and take it to him. And, and when you do, you say, man, this is me getting rid of my sin. This is me remembering that I need to be obedient to the Most High. Get rid of that leaven. Don't eat it for one week. And every time you want a sandwich, it's a reminder, I can't have leaven for this week. I can't have yeast for this week because this week I'm going to remind myself. Right? I mean, they do it all the time, right? They do this, the weeping tamus, right, that they like to call Lent, where they give something up and they'll give up meat. And that scene is normal. But yet me giving up leaven for one week is seen as being a legalist? Come on, man. Get that leaven out your life. Get it out of your house. And let this holiday, this Moedim, it's not just any old holy day. It's a high holy day. Look up in the Bible. There's a difference between holidays, maybe like Purim, right? And then high holy days, like Pesach. Passover. You submit to the traditions every Easter. And all I'm asking you to do, this is it. This is all I'm asking you to do. And it's not just me. It's what God wants you to do. But if you want to debate and you want to say, I'm not, I don't have to keep those, those laws. Okay, sure. I'll bite. Let's say you don't have to keep the Torah. Let's say that that's not what sin is. That that's not what sin is. I still would implore you that instead of going to Resurrection Sunday service and submitting to the traditions of men that maybe just this year, just this year, you submit to the tradition of Elohim. Because he gave us a couple traditions. Eat some lamb, put some blood on the doorpost, and he gave us some things to remember. So why don't we do what he told us to do Instead of doing what we've decided to do, what has developed over the course of our country as, as Easter has changed in our society and become what it is today in these so-called non-denominational churches, yet you submit to the, dom the, the domination. I'm non-denominational, but I'm under the domination of the Catholic Church because I worship when they tell me to. I worship on this Sunday. So, so it's okay to submit to a council that men put together. And it's okay to worship whenever I want. And, and it's okay to have our special song and our special dance, but it's not okay to remove leaven. It's not okay to put blood on your doorpost. That you don't have to do, but you do have to do the other traditions, though. Man, you are twisted. If you think that it's okay to do the things that man put in place, to show up on your Sunday service, go look for eggs in the back of your church, have your special stuff, man. Put your, put your decorations on the wall. Make it look all pretty. Because we're supposed to praise this day. Praise God on this day. That's a custom of us that we created. Yet there is a custom of God that he created that he wants you to follow. Why is it that it's okay to submit to the normal customs of us, but when I submit to the custom written of the Bible, I'm a legalist. I'm doing too much. We're not under that law, brother, but I'm just doing what God put in the Bible. You're doing what man does. What's better? Doing what people decided to do or doing what God told you to do? Go ahead and read your Bible. Find out every time the people did what they thought was right in their own eyes and see what God thought about it. And every Sunday, Easter Sunday, that's what we do. Every Good Friday service, that's what we do. We just do something that's just tradition. That's all it is. And it's comfortable. And we have fond memories of it. And we don't want our kids to miss out. 
So we go to these services. We call it Resurrection Sunday, brother. We remove that Easter from it. But you're still submitting to the authority of manly tradition. And even if you don't do any of those other traditions and your church has its own thing that it does on Resurrection Sunday, you're still doing something that you created in your mind through your customs that's important to your community and your area. And you're not doing what's literally written in the word of God because you've been lied to about its lack of importance. It is important, and it is what we're supposed to do, but we're not doing it. We'd rather do what people tell us to do. Man, I'm getting too heated, which means it's time to calm down, and it's time to go. I implore you, and I encourage you. I was once like you. I was once enchanted by paganism and caught up in my my perspective, how I saw the day should go. That's what we thought. I, I knew how Easter should look. I knew what it was supposed to be. I knew what songs I was going to sing. I knew what I did. I had my own tradition that I built in my mind and that I followed. And I've decided to put aside what I think is important and to follow the traditions written in Bible, the traditions of Elohim, the Most High Yah has said, hey guys, take a week out and remember me. <laughs> and we're like, nah, I don't have to do that. You mean you have a week when you can remember your God? Just tell me this. Is it okay? Is it cool to fast and pray? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, brother. You should definitely fast and pray. Okay, well this week, fast from leaven, fast from yeast, and pray that sin be removed from your life and remember where your redemption comes from. Remember who is your sacrificial lamb. Put the blood on your doorpost so that God's wrath passes over the top of you. If you want to be saved, obedience is required of believers, even though we don't like to think that it's just grace. Obedience is still a thing. Remember, Yahshua didn't say, your sins are forgiven, now go under grace. Right? He said, your sins are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. And we have this week is supposed to remind us to remove all sin from our house. It says sweep the corners of your house. We were sweeping out our cabinet just yesterday, trying to remove every last crumb. And as I was doing it, I was thinking, man, what are the crumbs in my life? So this week, this Passover week, fast from yeast. Don't reach for that pizza. Put it down. It's only going to be good for your health as well. You're just going to find yourself eating more vegetables or whatever, you know, potato products, rice, all kinds of other stuff that don't have yeast in it. You got to be careful these days. They'd be slipping it in, but you, you, you know what I mean, right? Just take some time and, and, and take a week to remember not to be filled with sin and take a week to submit yourselves to a tradition that God put forth as a reminder to his people. Don't worry about whether it's doctrine. Don't worry about whether you're under the law or not under the law. Just look at it and say, man, the disciples did this. There are some good examples. Yahshua, I'm supposed to live my life the way he lived his life. Yeshua needed to be reminded to remove leaven from his life. Because if he was fully man and he fully experienced what we experienced, then he too needed the reminder. And he wanted to make sure that he ate with his disciples so that he could show them the truth of the day. 
not to get rid of the day, not to abolish the day. Oh, he fulfilled it. We don't have to do it. But it's still a week that we can remember him and a week that he thought was important enough to do with his disciples in private, not in public. I want a private lesson and a private discussion with my disciples on this week, on this Seder day. That's what I want to do because it's important to me. And if we're supposed to live our lives like him, then we should also take time today and be private with our family, be private with our mentors and our disciples that are under us and those that we have influence and say, come to my house tonight. We're going to put some blood on the doorpost. We're going to remove leaven from this house. And we're going to spend some time reminding ourselves where our redemption comes from and reminding ourselves to remove sin from our life. How is that a bad thing, people? How am I a legalist? How have I gone too far? Because because we don't have to do that, brother. We're not under the Torah no more. But yet, the day is only there to help me (laughs) and make me better. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with taking some time out for the Lord? And Seder dinners can be long, but I, I just chalk it up as, hey, uh, I need as much time with the Lord as I can have. Far be it from me to get tired or to say this doesn't apply because that's just me submitting to the laziness of my flesh and what I want to do. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to throw out all my bread. That's stupid. You're just being a legalist. But the Bible is not about what you want to do. It's about what God wants you to do. And he wants you to remember during this time. So I encourage you, implore you, please take some time out. Celebrate Passover. Celebrate the Seder. And if it's too late and you're hearing this weeks after or whatever, then when you do communion in your church, when you do communion on the first Sunday, which is just typical, uh, that's why I say that. I don't think that that's a thing, but um, you know what I'm saying. It's traditional that most people just only do it on, on first Sunday, or if you're Catholic, you do the Eucharist every week. But when you do that, take time and read the Passover story. Go to your pastor. Say, hey, pastor, you know, we do communion every Sunday, but we, don't, we forget that that's tied to the Passover lamb. The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That's what this is all tied to. Can we read that this Sunday and remind people where we come from? Remind people that it's not just a regular communion, that it's to remove sin and leaven from our lives? I love you guys. I hope you've learned from this. Please, please reach out. I absolutely love talking to people. Uh, I absolutely love people coming with questions because it challenges me. I don't know every answer and I have to look a lot of things up and I have to learn. I have to take a lot of things on faith and, and I'm sure you do too, but please make sure you leave a comment. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Please look me up on Facebook at the art being look me up on Twitter at the real art being, or please drop me an email at the art of being at gmail.com. That is the art of the letter B, the number three, I-N-G at gmail.com. There's a three for the E in being. Please email me any questions or anything you might have. Visit us on patreon.com slash the art of being. If you think that this ministry is worthy to be um, supported financially, uh, then that's where you can hit us up on there. Uh, I love you and I'm not trying to bring you under anything. All right. I'm not trying to Oh, he's trying to put a burden of the law on me. I'm not trying to burden you. I promise. 
And I used to think that too. I used to think the law is a burden. We're not under that burden anymore. But now that I do, that I celebrate it and I practice it, I don't think it's a burden at all. As a matter of fact, my wife's down there uh, making the uh, the mixture. It's a sweet mixture, the sweetness that comes from the Word of God, that comes from the Torah, that comes from salvation. She's she's making that downstairs right now, happy as a clam. It's not a burden that we have to go get lamb and that I had to get the blood and or meat juice basically because a lot of butchers don't sell blood anymore because of health res- regulations. You got to go directly to farms and stuff now. But anyway, sorry, I digress. I don't think it's a burden to do all those things. It's a blessing. And you will too think it's a blessing. Trust me. Challenge me. Challenge me. Do the Seder dinner tonight. Do the Passover dinner. Focus on what the Passover lamb is every time you do communion. And tell me that if you think it's a burden to put yourself under the Moedim and and, and serve the most high holy days and traditions that Elohim set forth as a reminder to us you will not think it's a burden. You'll be like, oh my gosh, this is such a blessing. I absolutely love this. I'm not chasing pagan fertility eggs. I'm talking to my Messiah. I have a shadow. I'm in. It says the Moedim, the high holy days, right, are a shadow, but a shadow of our Messiah. And so people say that I don't have to keep it because it's just a shadow. Well, the Bible says, says he who rests in the shadow of the Almighty. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, you guys don't even know what you're missing. See, I rest in the sh- shadow of the Almighty every time I do this. I rest in, in His shadow. And if you are following the traditions of man, you're not in the shadow of the Almighty. But where is His protection? Where does it say? What is that, Psalms 91? He who rests in the shadow of the Almighty, right? Well, this high holy day is a shadow of Yahshua. Rest today. Shabbat. Have a Sabbath. Have a rest. And remember, who is your Redeemer? Don't attach yourself to burden. Attach yourself to blessings. We love to read the blessings in Deuteronomy, but we don't realize that those come by those who keep the commandments. Anyway, just like Paul already said goodbye and then has like three chapters after he says goodbye, I guess I just did the same thing because I already was getting ready to say goodbye and you got me all caught up in something new. But anyway... For real this time, I really, really do love you guys. I hope that you're blessed, and I hope that you realize the blessings that is in this day. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for sticking to the end. Peace. I guess we'll see you next time.